Coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States, it's the TH Cinema Podcast. Welcome everybody to the TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan and with me as always is the Jesse and James to my Meowth. That's a good one. I don't know what that is. The Scalari Brothers to my Judge Wexler. <laughs> That's a deep, deep Ghostbusters 2 reference. Oh, wow. <laughs> Snort. Hello. Silent John. Hello. Frank couldn't be here tonight. So we just finished getting really hot. Yeah, yeah. It's become the norm. Yeah. <laughs> Not over the level too far, but right there. Right where it needs to be. <laughs> In order to see the movie we're going to be seeing tonight, which is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. I'm excited. But first, we're going to talk about the movie news of the week and the biggest thing that probably dropped in the last week since our, well, in the entire time since our last show, since the Halloween episode, is the new Spider-Man trailer. Yeah! It's a, it's a big trailer. I've heard. <laughs> because I have not seen. I still don't know how you've not watched it yet. See, I'm I'm trying to do this thing that I do sometimes when I it's something I really want to watch where I don't watch the trailers. I I want to walk into that movie theater and be surprised. It's a media blackout. Yeah, you know. But I was having a moral quandary thinking about it because I knew we were going to be talking about it in this yeah. episode, and I was thinking about the fact that I have to edit this thing together. So I'm gonna have to hear you guys talk about it even if I leave the room. Like yeah. I can't avoid hearing what the hell's going on in this trailer. So. I think I'm just gonna have to fucking watch it, and I'm going to I'm going to defer to the fact that like with Marvel, can't always trust their trailers. That's, that's they very throw true. scenes that don't show up in the movies. Yeah. They make stuff up. They they fuck around a little bit. And there's already a lot of speculation with this trailer yeah. about them potentially doing that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of big things that I think will definitely be hard for you to avoid. So I think watching this trailer will be good for you ultimately. I mean, I, I can keep avoiding it, but I'm sure I'm going to pick up little bits and pieces. I mean, yeah. it's, there's a long enough runway at this point where it's going to be hard to avoid all the big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're going to watch this trailer. Um, yeah. And we'll be back right after that. All right. So we just watched the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. So I am now fully informed as to all the happenings in the Spider-Verse multiverse. Yeah, a lot going on. Things lot are, going on. Things are getting a little crazy. I obviously knew that like all the villains were going to be in there, and I yeah. know eventually all the other Spider-Mens are going to be in there. Spider-Men. Spider, Spider-Men. 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 Like, like a last name, like a surname, like <laughs> like lawyer. Like, hi, my name is Jeff Spider-Man. Sir Spider-Man. Ooh, Sir Spider-Man. <laughs> The British version, played by Harry Styles in the Spider-Man multiverse. So yeah, the Spider-Man trailer, very good. Didn't see any Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire. I mean, they're going to be probably saving that for the actual film reveal. Yeah. 
Um, Marvel does have a history of putting a bunch of scenes and trailers that don't actually exist in the movie or are modified in some way. Yeah. So even watching this trailer, I know that like what I'm watching might not be there. So I, the, it's it's a good way to have like plausible trailer deniability to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you violated your media blackout, right? But it does it does make me excited. It's doing its job. It's going to be you know exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, the scenes with Alfred Molina and the kids. That's going to be that. I, I love that. Just the whole interaction of it. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that carries through a lot longer than just like a little bl- block of time. And and I think it will because I I know dating back to how Spider Man Two ends. You know Doc Ock is in a sense kind of a hero i think he's going to lean more towards being a hero in this movie and so i think we're going to get a lot more of that fun banter between them all like i can't wait i'm so excited yeah i'm excited for it see i'm just wondering like what else we're going to be seeing like okay so this is what they're showing us this is the the tip of the iceberg yes like what else is are they going to be dragging into here like because they could just pretty much do anything at this point with what they're uh, like. The last scene of the trailer where you got uh, Doctor Strange, like with all the rifts opening yeah. up around yeah. the Statue of Liberty, like what's going to be coming through those rifts? He says something like they're all coming or some shit like that. Like they're all coming is not just like the five villains that we've seen, right? And there's right. only five villains that have been created pretty much throughout all of Spider-Man's existence yeah. in the movie world. So. Are we going to be seeing X-Men? I can totally see like Deadpool just showing up. Yeah. And then the rifts close and then you've combined all the universes that you wanted. You've picked the little pieces of everything that you've tried. Every reboot, every, oh, we don't want Daredevil Ben Affleck one. We can have him show up, but we don't want him to stay in this universe. We'll keep Charlie Cox Daredevil right. in yeah. this universe. Like, it's the fucking Marvel draft. <laughs> <laughs> This is a perfect way to describe yeah, it. it. It definitely is. So there's a lot of potential of what they're going to be able to do with this and where it's going to go from here. So like it, it kind of feels like this is the point where they're either going to completely jump the shark yeah. and fuck up everything, or it's going to create a whole, a whole new ability to make a continuing universe. Because yeah. right now, after the death of Iron Man and... Spider-Man can spin off his own S-C-U <laughs> with all the Spider-Men and all the villains. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's the thing is this is definitely, you know, Marvel's biggest movie since the Avengers ended. And we talk about all the things that they're showing. Showing the, the villains from all the different Spider-Man movies was a pretty big reveal. But... They're not going to show you the biggest reveal. So like like you said, the, the possibilities are definitely you know endless. And I trust in Marvel enough for this. Whatever this payoff might be, I think it's it's going to be well worth it. Well, I, I think it's a, it shows a lot of trust between Disney and Fox also. Yeah. Because Disney's essentially letting Fox have the wheel to where they're going for the next seven years, however, eight years, however long they're yeah. riding this. Because... If Fox fucks up the execution of this, Disney's entire slate down the line is fucked. That's a big. That's a big piece of trust. Yeah, they're definitely banking on this to propel them forward, and, and that's another thing too. Is where we have what five five villains in this movie that are confirmed in this trailer. You only need one more for the yeah. Sinister Six. I don't. I don't know if we can talk about this, but the whole Venom thing, where Tom Holland Spider Man shows up at the very end. 
Do you well, think maybe? And also don't forget, this is also taking place in Tom Holland's world where Vulture exists. Scorpion mm-hmm. potentially exists. Mysterio could come back. Mysterio could come back because he's not actually dead. Like, yeah. we could be talking about the Sinister 12, the Sinister 36. <laughs> yeah. And who knows what, like, just rando, like, that. that's what I'm saying with the, with the riffs opening up. Like, all that fantasy casting. Like, let's say, like, out of nowhere, John Krasinski pop, pops up as Reed Richards. Right, right. Like, all that crazy fantasy casting has the potential to just, like, be the biggest, like, moment since the portals opened in Endgame. Like, can you imagine the crowd just losing their shit in every theater when every fantasy casting just walks out of those riffs dressed in full out? Jeez. You were, just, you were putting my, like, hopes way too high for yeah. this movie now. When this doesn't happen, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> that's one of those, like, how do you how do you top the Avengers? Like, that's it. That's how you top the Avengers. It's just no announcement. You just pluck them into Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And just everybody comes out. And people are like, what the fuck yeah because you know everybody and everybody always fights about those kind of things like oh who would be the best wolverine so and so or so and so to take over so why not all three of them fuck it you're gonna see all of them right now well and just the thought of like hugh jackman popping out because you know he's claimed he's done however many times but if he came out of one of those portals people would have a meltdown i mean we're talking multiverse we're talking differing worlds differing situations differing circumstances what if we see Tony Stark? I, what if I, Robert Downey I Jr. comes back for a cameo as Tony? And the thing is, people talk about wanting that a lot. They wouldn't, even even though he's dead, people still want like another Iron Man movie. Like, that's the perfect thing to do. Nobody would bat an eye to it. I would love a little, like, miniseries, like a uh, Disney Plus series of, like, you know, just Iron Man's little adventures between the movies, you know? Because I'm sure there was like, it wasn't just those three things that happened in the history of Iron Man's career. He was off doing stuff all the time. You know, as Tony Stark and as Iron Man. I'd love to see something like that. Or or maybe the adventures of young Tony Stark. (laughs) Just cast a a Robert Downey Jr. Jr. type. Like Playboy Iron Man Tony Stark. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Now I want it. Stop planting these seeds in my head. You're going to ruin Marvel. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, another trailer dropped this week. This was the uh, Netflix original movie, uh, Don't Look Up, mm-hmm. starring Academy Award winner Leonardo DiCaprio, Academy Award winner Jennifer Lawrence. And as you watch the names filter across the screen when they're announcing the cast in the trailer, it's just bannered by Academy Award winner nominee winner nominee Grammy winner Grammy nominee like it this is the biggest star-studded ensemble cast that Netflix has put together in their history yeah they got everyone Leo's in a Netflix movie this is this is a cast on steroids is what this is especially for like Netflix how how do they how do they make this happen Netflix money Netflix money that's all it is they can get anybody now. I genuinely think they can. Jonah goddamn Hill. <laughs> Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. As the president of the United States. <laughs> and the movie looks, it looks funny. It looks clever. I love the, I love how it's kind of like, you know, the sci- scientists are telling the government like, hey, the world's about to fucking end. And they're fighting over like the bureaucracy of the <laughs> world ending. Like, oh, how do we do the, it's, 
it's clever. It's uh, topical. Yeah. To the way that you know things go now, and you got Fat Leo, and I love me some Fat Leo. <laughs> and I mean Jennifer Lawrence. She she I like some Jennifer Lawrence. She's always funny and just you know bumbling around and. It's it's gonna be a good fun little ride, semi post apocalyptic dark comedy. It's kind of like a this is the end for that kind of like click of actor, the ones that take the selfies together at the Academy Awards. That <laughs> this is their fun project. Yeah, you know, this is their their oh we're gonna just go do you know stage for the summer right instead of dealing with all the craziness of Hollywood. This is you know, this is. Their version of Adam Sandler's grown-up series. There you go, yeah. <laughs> They're just there to have fun. Isn't it crazy how Jonah Hill is friends with both of these groups? The stoner friends from This Is The End and the Oscar friends in this movie? I do wonder how Jonah Hill's like birthday parties go. Because there's definitely some oh, like yeah. segregation happening yeah. of uh, groups. Because I feel like Jonah Hill's very like cool now i can i can okay i can completely see every time that seth rogan laughs his raucous laughter in the back you know in the in jonah hill's backyard during (laughs) jonah hill's birthday party i can totally see leo just kind of like over his shoulder like doing a little like look and eye roll that guy (laughs) or is he even still friends with all the stoner group you know or has he just moved on to the oscar group you I mean, do. He did start working out. Yeah. Maybe smoking weed with Seth Rogen and all those guys and getting eating munchies all the time. Maybe he just like cleaned his act up and now he's hanging out with Leo. Yeah. yeah. I could those see that. Those days are in his past. I mean, I feel I like I see him with Leo more than any of the, you know, like the Seth Rogen or any of those friends. So Brad Pitt was definitely his rebound friend because it's <laughs> like between Stoner and Leo. <laughs> I don't know. It almost feels like. Leo and Joan Hill are like BFFs now. I feel like I see them a lot together, even when they're not doing movies together. Do you think Seth Rogen is jealous? Like he sees them in the magazine and he's just like... No, I don't think so. Seth Rogen seems pretty chill. Like, I don't think... Seth Rogen's got a good life going for him right now. I don't think... I think he's happy for his friend. But what if... Behind the scenes, they're all friends. What if Leo is a super stoner? He's the secret stoner. He's the eagle. But it's just like, it's an open secret. And if you say anything. Leo's the head of the stoner mafia. I don't know. Do you think, do you think Leo has a little dark in him? He definitely had a party boy posse with a Spider-Man back in the day. Do you not know about this? Yeah. Them gambling and everything. Yeah. What are you talking about? Tell me Okay, so Tobey Maguire, Leonardo DiCaprio, back in back in the days of like when they were like the hot stuffs in Hollywood, mm-hmm. were known as the Pussy Posse. What? And used to go around to the clubs banging supermodels together in this like group of this clique of like five Hollywood actors that were the the heartthrobs of the time, and they called they literally called themselves the Pussy Posse. Mm. I'm not surprised by any of that at <laughs> all. <laughs> I feel like I just had in my head, like I just knew that that happened. I just maybe didn't know there was a name for it. <laughs> it's about what I expect. Pretty, pretty on brand for them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not surprised. 
But in his age, he has gained gravitas and wisdom and a little bit of heft as well. And that heft is going to suit him very well in his next endeavor, which the information about was dropped this week, which is his Jim Jones project, where he will be executive producing and starring in a Jim Jones biopic. Yeah, I'm so excited. How could that not just like fill you with intrigue? It's just literally going to be the best thing ever. Like Oscar worthy, hands down, I'm sure. But I, it's Leo. He's going to throw himself into every project that he does. But this one, I know for a fact, he's going to like just nail the fuck out of it. Like I'm talking James Franco, Tommy Wiseau levels of like <laughs> behind the mystique. This person no longer exists. He's has completely yeah. Oh, yeah. just disappeared into the film. And I'm just excited that about the story and everything too. Yeah. Like even without Leo, I would be interested in Jim Jones movie. I'm sure it would depend on who was cast yeah, as Jim Jones. Yeah. If we're getting Carrot Top or you know what I mean, like. <laughs> Why does your mind go to Carrot Top? <laughs> Anyone you could have said, you said Carrot Top. <laughs> to be fair, my, my mind went Gilbert Gottfried, so that's even worse, I feel like. What? I want to see that movie now, John. Why? <laughs> now I want to see Gilbert Gottfried as Jim Jones. No. My children! <laughs> you do not want to see it. But Leo as Jim Jones, all in. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I kind of, I kind of compare this to like when Efron did the the Bundy Project, but whereas like Efron doing the Bundy Project was kind of the Teen Choice Awards version of a dark biopic, this will be the Academy Awards winner version of a dark biopic. Exactly. Yeah. We live in a world where Leonardo DiCaprio could win an Oscar for playing Jim fucking Jones. What? But I'm here for it. I want it. I need it. And guess what? It's coming. You guys were telling me earlier, like, uh, he's actually, like, very invested in the story because he's EP'd some, like, uh, documentary series or something like that about Jim Jones also. Yeah, yeah. So it being a passion project also, that's going to really take it to that extra level to make it like probably one of his best work honestly yeah. like and that that's from a, a high catalog yeah who would have guessed Leo would be so interested in Jim Jones hey if you told if you told 13 year old me that little kid from Titanic <laughs> would be winning Oscars and impressing the hell out of me 30 years later 20 years later never would have fucking believed you no way but here you are but here I am drinking the Kool-Aid <laughs> well we're kind of running a little late uh we got to get to this movie so we're gonna do a quick little talk about the film we're gonna see before we gotta rush to the theater and go see ghostbusters yeah Ooh. at the movie theater at the movie theater this is our first back in person movie theater experience so it's been three years since we've done a podcast and gone to a movie at the theater should be fun yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good time. Smell a hot popcorn. Mm. Stick soda on your feet when you're walking down <laughs> the aisle. <sighs> I don't love that's it. Gonna miss it. I don't know. There's something about a movie theater that's just ASMR for me. Like every little thing about it is just very ASMR. I see it. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. see it. 
neon lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah, so we're gonna go see Ghostbusters, and I'm, I'm a little weary about it. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of attempts lately capitalizing on the nostalgia of the past that are very poorly executed. Ghostbusters even has done it recently where they tried oh we're gonna use this ip and try to use that nostalgia to draw people in and it's just a big pile of in the immortal words of ian malcolm it's just one big pile of shit i mean the matrix thing came out the new trailer for that came out recently i'm not buying that like i mean the matrix itself was pretty much like it was impressive because it was technologically advanced for its time and it was cinematically cool looking the story was always kind of, eh, especially after the first one, and even the new Matrix trailer just looks kind of like, yeah, that's, I saw them do the same shit in GI Joe. Yeah, you are not mm-hmm. doing anything to impress me. You are just literally just capitalizing on the name, and I worry because I've been burned by a Ghostbusters reboot before <laughs> that this one's not going to go well. I I could see why you say that, but this Ghostbusters has. The sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. That's yeah. That's very true. It's the part I'm looking forward to the most. See, but what if what if what if they did that on purpose? Okay, what if like as they were like, okay, it's been four years. I guess we got to try Ghostbusters again. What are we gonna do? We got this script on the shelf. Oh, it's kind of shitty. Awesome. What are we gonna do to put a cherry and some whipped cream on top of this big pile of shit? <laughs> Oh, I know. The sweetest man in Hollywood. Paul Rudd. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. Yeah. So like and that that that's my theory on Paul Rudd. I think that they're they literally brought him in probably because this movie is just so bad that they needed to like sweeten the palate for people who are watching it to make it tolerable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's literally like if you you know cornflakes, not a very delicious cereal by itself. Yeah. At, let's say as a child. Yeah. Definitely. So you know what you do? You take a little spoonful of sugar, shake that baby all over it. That's some yum yum cereal right there. Paul Rudd's the sugar. Tom Hanks wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> Man, weirdly enough, Tom Hanks kind of works in Ghostbusters for me. I mean, we all know that Paul Rudd's the next Tom Hanks, right? Well, I've never yeah. thought about it like yeah. that. When you When you put it out there. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's exactly who he is. Well, I mean, Paul and Leo are both the next Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was like a combination of the Paul and the Leo. He's the he's the all Tom. <laughs> the Paul and the Leo are the, the the moons that orbit him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one, the super acting talent, the super sweet guy. Tom Hanks. Yep. Perfect. So like, Leo and Paul Rudd are. The gatekeeper and the keymaster. <laughs> Is that what I'm gathering here? That's some big terms from a man who just watched Ghostbusters for the first time last night. <laughs> what can I say? This, this moment right here is why. This is why I waited. You do your research. You put in the time. You put in the effort. And you land it. That was, yep. That's a perfect way to put it. So Paul Rudd aside, I think that this movie's still, it's just not going to land very well. They need to stop touching on things that are that old, that are that embedded in people's memories, because you'll never live to live up to those expectations that those people have, mm-hmm. and you'll never meet every single want that they have out yeah. of it. 
I watched this movie last night. Again, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And from what I remember when I was a kid is I didn't like it. And rewatching it last night, like it's good. I see why people like it, but the nostalgia is just not there for me. So I just don't, I'm not invested. So I'm just going in, not ex expecting much. Just going in to watch a movie. We'll see. <laughs> All right, well, we got to, like, run out this door in, like, two fucking minutes. Otherwise, we're not going to make it by the time the trailers end. So we're going to go watch this fucking movie, and we'll be back soon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's get our rut on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kool-Aid always comes back. And now, our feature presentation. Snort and John bought the tickets. I bought the snacks and we're back. And we just watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Duh. So yeah, we just finished watching Ghostbusters Afterlife. We just got back. Yeah, from the movie theater. From the whole movie theater. What an experience, guys. Yeah, reminding me why... I I don't like going to matinees for opening weekend movies. Yeah. <laughs> the other humans. Not fun. Yeah, not not a good audience crowd this time around. We had uh, a loud talker, a baby, and a uh, late laugher, so we had the trifecta <laughs> of a bad movie theater audience. But even with that, the movie itself, better than it had any goddamn right to be. Yeah, way better than I expected. How was it this good? Seriously. Yeah. Like, it's not It's not a tour de force. It's not the best movie ever. No. It's not. No. But it's not Indiana Jones 4. That's for <laughs> <laughs> You know, I thought this was going to be a, a nostalgia money grab capitalization, and it just was not. It was, I'm not going to say it was a love letter to Ghostbusters even, because, you know, it, it was lacking a certain gravitas, but it was still... A very solid entry into the GCU. <laughs> Why does everything get its own cinematic universe now? <laughs> Anything and everything. So, movie starts up. Uh, we've got the title card that pops up, which leads me to believe that they are trying to do some kind of GCU something or other. Because they, I guess Paramount has decided to like make their own little like side studio that is just Ghostbusters. Which is interesting. Which is interesting. I'm, 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 I want to see where they're going with it. I think a live action, like a TV show. A live action TV show? Yeah. I don't know why it's <laughs> live action. Well, it, it's funny because initially when they were uh, speaking about rebooting the, uh, when they did the reboot a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. uh, back in mm -hmm. 2016 or whatever, the concept initially when they were talking about it was different squads of Ghostbusters in different cities. And oddly, Paul Rudd was talked about as being really? one of those members in those squads. Like, I remember it was like Paul Rudd's and Jack Black's and like all the comedic actors at the uh -huh. time having their own little squads. And it just eventually ended up just being the New York squad with the ladies. Uh -huh. And then it just just fell apart and bombed because it wasn't that good. But, huh. but yeah, so we start we're starting the GCU potentially. <laughs> the movie starts off with a. Uh, what is assumed to be Harold Ramey running around a farm from a ghost. 
and ultimately dying in a chair. And my initial reaction was a little like, this is in poor taste. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of corpse dragging. Yeah. But out of any movie that I've ever seen that kind of like, you know, uses an, an actor that has acted in a previous movie and died since, probably one of the more dignified ways they've done it, like throughout throughout this movie. Like they really kind of gave Harold Ramley a little bit of dignity. Like they didn't corpse drag him too bad. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that's something I've never really known how I've felt about. Because, yeah, it kind of feels wrong to do it. But and I and I had that same thought that you did um, while we watched this movie. But by the end of the movie, I was like, "This is the right move." I feel yeah. like they did it justice, and it it wasn't like a like a cash grab, so to speak. I, I was happy with kind of the the send off they gave him, you know, post uh, humorous. Yeah, and I, I think if they had done it a little bit differently, if they had done it more like a, uh, you know, like the way they framed the entire structure of the movie was just a goodbye to Harold Ramey. But the fact that like it just kind of got to that at the very end of it, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at the very the last like twenty minutes were kind of like a that that's the Harold Ramey like send off. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The rest of the movie was its own thing, and that was a, a great thing because it was a solid story. The actors, especially the little girl playing Phoebe, she yep. was really good. The mom and uh, the kid from Stranger Things that could have could have been interchangeable with anybody else, like whatever. Yeah, I didn't they really care that, for them. Yeah. Yeah. But the the girl was she was very good. Mm-hmm. She was very good. I um, could honestly see how you said maybe like a TV series. I could see her helm like a TV series, like with she's like the center, you know, uh, the main character, and I'd watch it. Yeah, and she was a little bit of a badass too. Yeah, you know, the thing about this movie, like it did feel very strong on its own, like from a standalone perspective. Um, I will admit it did drag a little bit in the middle. Yeah. I did kind of take a sleepy sleepy nap while I was watching it for a couple minutes. Um, but I will say that at the very beginning, the entire time that they were kind of setting up the story, I was just kind of waiting for Paul Rudd to show up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I'm, I was on the lookout. Like, I'm like, look behind trees. Like, Paul Rudd, you gonna you going to pop out of there? It took a while. It did. He showed up probably a good, like, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the movie? Like, yeah. He's the reason I bought a ticket to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I want him at the forefront. So Paul Rudd finally comes into the picture, and ultimately it just gets, you know, fantastic. It gets way better. Because <laughs> he's just Paul Rudding around. Just very charismatic, as Paul Rudd always is. Yeah. And I didn't see it coming, but when he turned into the the key master i that was what it was supposed to be like how did i not see this how did i not see him becoming the rick moranis i had that thought in my head like the whole time it was starting to happen i was like come on it's the most obvious thing and yeah it took me by surprise i was all for it though yeah him waking up in the desert with the tattered clothes like just perfect ball rod just the the pose on the rock (laughs) I think he got to go through like all the phases of Rudd, like silly, charming, authority. You know what I mean? Like all the all the Ruddening was Rudded in this movie. You know what my uh, favorite Paul Rudd moment in this was though? What? When he's just shopping in Walmart <laughs> for some Baskin Robbins ice cream, and then all of a sudden. 
all the little baby marshmallows. <laughs> I loved that scene. Like, and it had no point. Like, other than the fact that, like, to make Paul Rudd be in a space with baby marshmallows that were wreaking havoc. <laughs> like, they didn't really, like, it came into play. The baby marshmallows came into play later. But it's not like they were, unless it was during my nappy time. It wasn't like they were a big, like, plot device. No, the they film. weren't. Up until, yeah, up until that moment, they they were nothing. Yeah. It was, it was like they sh- they showed up. They they were oompa loompas. <laughs> they showed up. They did their little dances and went away until they were needed again later. Yeah, exactly. But they were so cute. They were the little guy getting himself smored. <laughs> I mean, and it was a little dark. Also, the one the one walking across the grill that kind of like just like melted. <laughs> <laughs> did make me want marshmallows or s'mores or something. Watching it, though. yeah. But definitely cute, and you know merchandising they're gonna sell a lot of little babies see i hate marshmallows but i kind of want to go buy a bag of marshmallows now (laughs) just to see just just to see a lot of time these nostalgic films they really heavy heavy handedly push references to the originals to to make you to make you remember and make you feel you know accomplished for remembering it subconsciously Mm -hmm. yeah and I don't think that it was too bad in this. The same as like you know the Harold Ramey stuff. Like I think it was done very dignified for the most part, up until a certain point. The, the callbacks yeah. to the original, like the way that they were using like the commercials and oh, stuff like yeah. that. You know what um, I mean? Like that. Yeah, yeah. That was very dignified. Like the 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 police station. Who are you gonna call? It wasn't too over the top with like a big like push in a musical <laughs> stick. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was kind of just subtle. Like there's yeah. a lot of very like more subtle references up until when probably the thing that the movie didn't really need happened. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd fucking showed up. And first off, when Dan Aykroyd showed up for the first, like the phone call that she, who Mm -hmm. you're going to call, I'm Mm going to call Dan Aykroyd and I'm going to, you know, ruin everyone's perception of what Dan Aykroyd looks like anymore or talks (laughs) like anymore. And he's essentially just Dan Aykroyd because he's sitting there in a cult bookstore in a cardigan and reading glasses and a cup of tea going over some old text. And that's probably what I, that's how, what I picture Dan Aykroyd does in real life on the weekends. He's probably doing that right now. Yeah. Dan, if you're our listener in uh, New York, let us know that you're, you know, sitting there in your granny glasses, pouring over the Necromomcon ex mortis. Um, so he shows up and mumbles his way through his scene and it's just kind of, it's kind of sad to watch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of hoping that was the only time that we were going to see it, but then I got even more. I love the old Ghostbusters movies. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up on that, but seeing Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie and all their non glory, <laughs> there was nothing glorified about the way that they came onto the screen, the way that they showed up, the, and that's when it kind of even got cheesy because that's when the are you a god thing happened and that was kind of like shock laughter not like my heart I remember that laughter you know what I mean it was just sad yeah everything that didn't feel forced earlier in the movie now all of a sudden is super forced it kind of that's how it came across to me at least yeah they just show up unceremoniously hey we're here to save the day yeah did you forget about us (laughs) haha we're the Ghostbusters you didn't forget that was that 
I mean, I will, I will say that, you know, I teared up a little bit seeing the shot of like the four of them with the, with the Raimi and the, the CG they were doing with the Raimi ghost was very good and him coming back in and, you know. See, I didn't really need it. I think it would, yeah. I, I didn't need that. I, I could have used like a whisper or something. You know what I mean? Like, it, okay, because they had to bring the Raimi ghost in because the other three were there yeah. and they had to get the four shot. You know what I mean? Like, so you had to have the physical manifestation of mm-hmm. a Raimi in there. If the other three didn't show up, it would have just been like a little like whisper of encouragement from an old, you know what I mean? Like, That's what I would and prefer. And that would have been, yeah. Because I think the fact that the ghost of him never said a word was really weirding me out <laughs> yeah that was a little freaky yeah it was, it was it was all just facial gestures and yeah it was just creepy i did not like that maybe that's they they felt like they were doing the right thing though going back to even using his likeness you know as a ghost like how we kind of talked like is that okay maybe they just didn't want to push the their boundaries on how much they used him yeah you know? maybe they were like we'll show him but we don't want to just like make him say some lines obviously so I don't know. It wasn't bad, but I would have been fine if it was gone too. Yeah, and there were some pretty badass scenes. I mean, there were some chase scenes and stuff. Uh, the scene with the Ecto One, where with the where they're chasing the ghost down Main Street, yeah. and she's out in the chair yeah. outside. That was pretty badass. That was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's got a lot of very good moments, and like like we said at the beginning of the review, like it's it was better than it had any right to be. I'm glad we saw it. Yeah, I think it was definitely worth time. worth watching. I'd watch it again, honestly. Yeah, and, and they did completely wash away the 2016 Ghostbusters with like four or five words. That's all it took. That's all it took. If somebody said something about ghosts, oh, there haven't been ghosts since 1984. No ghost sightings since 1984. And like, yep, I guess 2016 never happened. Just Alternate universe. Yeah. <gasps> Scrub Do you think they're going to start a GCU multiverse? Oh, my oh goodness. My yeah. Like the Spider-Mans? Marvel has Spider-Man's. <laughs> Marvel hasn't even finished their version of it yet. They got to catch up, man. They're making up for lost time. No, and in the end, the Ghostbusters come and they save the day. Oh, we didn't even talk about Gozer. Well, like we didn't. We mentioned the Keymaster, yeah. the Gatekeeper-ish, but we didn't talk about Gozer. I, I really like that they brought Gozer back. And I thought the little trap with the the four things hitting the streams to trap it down there, that was pretty clever. And when Gozer came out of that hole and ripped the dude in half. Hold on, J.K. Simmons. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. J.K. Simmons showed up for 30 seconds to literally be ripped in half and never show up again. Once I saw it was J.K. Simmons, I was like, oh, he's about to be like a pivotal person going forward. Nope. Nope. Gone. (laughs) And for for a kids movie, that's a brutal. Like even right. the ghosts don't get ripped apart like that. That was pretty yeah. brutal, you know. Man, I really like J.K. Simmons too. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it was just a fun surprise. Yeah. He was there. I mean, all in all, it was the whole movie was just it was fun. It was well done up until the trio showed up at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not like I'm going to watch it on repeat, but oh, yeah, I'm happy I watched it. Yeah. I don't uh, if something else comes from it, I will check it out now. Yeah. A sequel or a TV show, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. And, I'm interested. And, um, I, I left before the uh, after credits. And from what I was reading, the second after credit scene was a uh, deleted scene from the original Ghostbusters movie that mm. potentially sets up some vintage Ghostbusters stuff for future movies or properties. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Something new. Yeah. I I, th- I think if they decided to do like a, a series of shows or, you know, a couple more movies like standalone Ghostbusters stories, I th- I think it's got, you know, it's got some legs. I think this was done well enough to, like I said, keep your interest in whatever comes next. I could see some like dark ass gritty HBO Max original. <laughs> Ghostbusters Dark where they're going after demons oh no <laughs> too spooky too spooky for me or it could end up with like a, a you know who knows a 17 season run on the CW some kind of like supernatural oh. slash Ghostbusters hybrid show oh, you know you. I'm that, surprised there's not any more right. wow. it, it's a it's it's an IP that's tapped for potential like it, it could do a lot if given the proper backing and the proper writing and the pop, proper cast like it needs to hit on all cylinders it's just the GCU. That's all it is. It gets the wheels turning yeah, every the time. The GCU. I can just see it all. But now I'm seeing is the spinning shot with all the old Ghostbusters, and it's not good because as the camera is panning around them, the wind's kind of dragging oh, their no. faces a little bit. I just, just enough. Bill Murray's face. Ooh. Yeah, Bill Murray was looking pretty rough. Yeah, not good. He yeah. looks. I thought he looked the worst out of everyone. He yeah. he stopped caring like 20 years ago. I think though. But fuck, man, Ernie Hudson, happy to fucking be there. Yeah, right? Like, he looked like he was genuinely just like, hey. Thanks for the call, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. But I, I do wonder, like, the, the when they were saying the, the, the goodbyes to Egon, like, the the tears in Aykroyd's eyes and in Bill Murray's eyes. Because that was, like, they, they knew him for a long time. And there yeah. was falling outs between them all and stuff. Like, I'm wondering if that was their, like, their goodbye. Because that scene was hard. That scene was emotional. See, and I feel like if it was nostalgic for me, then yeah, I would see that that's sad and emotional, but I just was like, no feeling at all. Didn't didn't hit for me. I don't know. That scene made me okay with bringing them back, whereas before, I was just like, all right, they're old now. Okay, whatever. But the emotional punch of that scene made it all kind of worth it to me. Yeah. Like, I agree. Completely. And, you know, in the end, they end up crossing all the streams again, and the send in the goes are back, and, you know, there was a giant sky tornado, just like in every movie that exists since 2006 or so. <laughs> and that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. What a fun little ride. Fun little ride. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So coming up next, we've got, uh, we're going to be doing our Thanksgiving special, and we're going to be watching the Thanksgiving movie. Mm-hmm. And it's one that Silent John and Snort have never seen before. Yeah, never. And it's a classic comedy. Might be a little old, might be a little dated, but still. Yeah. God damn it. It's the one that plays it plays on TNT at the season. We're going to be watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You know, I've wanted to watch this movie for a long time, so I'm looking forward to this. I know nothing about it at all, so... We'll see. But isn't that so much fun to go in blind? Yeah. I'm Could be a fun little. Get in the spirit. Fun little treat, maybe. Christmas. No. Thanksgiving treat. Thanksgiving treat. <laughs> Thanksgiving Pumpkin treat. Pie. Pumpkin pie. Pecan pie. And we'll uh, potentially be having a special guest with us on this next coming episode. Yeah, a Friendsgiving episode. Yeah, a, fr- a Friendsgiving show, and he'll be popping in here like a turkey. <laughs> come, come, come. <laughs> and talking PT&A, as they call it, planes, trains, and automobiles. 
okay. I did. I didn't follow, so I'm glad you explained. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No problem. No problem. So that one's gonna be coming out probably in about a week or so. Um, and after that, we're going to be. Wait, what was that? What is that on the roof? Do you hear? Is that tiny little footsteps of reindeer? No. It's the TH Cinema holiday podcast season. <laughs> so we're going to be watching some uh, fun holiday movies. We're going to be watching uh, Spider-Man, obviously, because that's coming out during the month of December. Uh, we're going to catch mm-hmm. West Side Story. Yeah. And then we've got two on-the-couch specials of movies that parties have not seen before to be revealed at a later date. The suspense. <laughs> so tune in next week to find out what our first uh, special holiday season movie is going to be. I'm excited. And if you really want to stay informed, subscribe to our Instagram, THNMO Podcast. Give us some likes. We got some good content. Throw us a DM. Make sure you turn on the notifications so you can see when our stories are getting posted, when our episodes are releasing. Follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and whatever other podcasting platform you use. And throw us a like and subscribe there, too. It's like a two-for-one special. Buy one, get one free. What, what, what? Double the content, double the click. <laughs> I was going to say double the fun, but that works. And that's going to be our show. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Um, we had a lot of fun seeing it. I hope you got a lot of fun listening to about it. And if you see uh, three really high people getting out of a car with a big, big cloud of billowing smoke coming out of it in a movie theater <laughs> parking lot, guilty. Come over and say hi. That might just be us. Okay, bye. Bye. Who are you going to call? Okay, bye. Bye. Man, that's gonna trip me up. My watch is I never change my watch, so my watch is two forty three. It's no bueno. It's okay. The timekeeper's up. <laughs> In a whole nother time zone. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, I've actually already seen the movie. It's the strangest thing. realized in the when we were reviewing the movie we never talked about the podcast kid dang i totally was gonna bring that up too he was so funny too meta it's too meta you can't talk about the podcast king on the podcast (laughs) he was hilarious though but his name was fucking podcast (laughs) the sheer absurdity